Hello, and welcome to the Terralex Insights Podcast, where our goal is to present multicultural perspectives by leading professionals. These perspectives on contemporary issues will help lawyers and business people work better together. I'm your host, Terry Pepper-Gavlik, Terralex's Chief Business Officer. We're happy to welcome today's guest, Pedro Villa, General Counsel of Platinum Companies, a national hospitality management and acquisition company. Besides a stint in the public sector, Pedro practiced with a leading regional law firm before going in-house, which leads to the theme of today's episode. We're going to discuss making the transition from private practice to an in-house counsel role, which, of course, Pedro did. So, Pedro, I think this is a uniquely interesting subject for our listeners because it does bridge that gap between lawyers and business people. And welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. Our pleasure. Um, I guess maybe as a starting point, why don't you just tell a little bit more about your company so that people understand that, that background? Sure. sure. So Platinum Companies uh, currently has uh, approximately 14 hotels that they own and operate. Uh, we also have land holdings throughout the country uh, that we you know, plan to develop in the future. Um, so currently it's a uh, hotel management operations and also a, a, uh, a construction company. We're mostly based, uh, you know, in Tennessee is where we have most of our hotels, a few in Texas, a few in Florida, and then some properties throughout the country. I can only imagine that it's quite an interesting time in your industry right now, as it is for many industries, and we'll get to that in a little while. But um, I think it would be very interesting for our listeners to hear uh, what you did to make a smooth transition, if it was smooth, or maybe even mm-hmm. some of the pitfalls might be interesting to hear about, <laughs> of going from private practice to an in-house role. Well, it was interesting because my decision to, to make that change um, largely started as a, as a lifestyle decision. I sort of wanted to, like you said, I had been in the public sector before. Um, I think personally, I'm much more of a generalist uh, just by nature. And so um, when I got to private practice and was, was specializing in land use, uh, did some litigation uh, as well as, as government procurement, so I enjoyed that aspect of it. There were some things of it I just obviously didn't want. And so I, I, I soon uh, sort of realized that eventually I would want to make a transition of sorts. Um, my transition actually came, uh, I, I was having um, my second child <laughs> and uh, realized that, that, you know, getting in at 7.30 in the morning and not knowing when you were leaving was not something I sort of wanted to do. So I had made the decision that I was actually going to potentially go back to government. and in calling my clients and informing them that I was going to be transferring their files to some other attorney. Um, one of my clients said, Hey, you know, I, I just actually uh, lost my general counsel about a month and a half ago. Would you be interested? And, uh, you know, it sort of matched everything up. So I was very fortunate. It sort of fell on me, um, sort of speak. So the transition was, was extremely smooth. Um, I was very fortunate. I was working with someone who I already had a relationship with and knew. Um, but, like I'm sure we'll get into, uh, it's, it's very different than being in, in, in a private practice. And like you touched on as far as the business aspect, it does require a different set of uh, uh, skills or, or attention to certain things that in the private practice I never really had to deal with. Well, and I imagine one of those is um, having a lot of clients to going to have one client with a lot of internal constituents. And by the way, timing and serendipity, in my opinion, are the best aspects when you're, job, when you're looking for a new job <laughs> or opportunity. So kudos to you. So, but tell us a little bit about that, balancing the needs of you know, multiple clients versus one. What's, what's different about um, the client service aspect being in-house? 
Well, I, I think on, on the obvious, uh, you know, sort of the clear issues is, you know, you, you don't have to generate business anymore, right? So that's one of the things in private practice that I think there's obviously a lot of, of stress in generating new business. And uh, if you're not building clients, well, then you're working to get new clients. So clearly, obviously, when, when you come in-house, that, that aspect of it goes away. Uh, by the same token, now you have just one client that, that you know, so you can't fire that client. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, uh, you know, you, you definitely have to, you know, find ways to work with, you know, whatever ups and downs may come. Um, so, so as far as, as the client generation or the client aspect, I think that's been um, one of the one of the bigger issues or, or, or one of the biggest changes. Uh, to be honest with you, I think I think the biggest uh, change for me was that in private practice, normally you do you know, one or two different, uh, you know, you're sort of involved in one or two different fields. As general counsel, you're, you're sort of touching on every single aspect of the business in every way, uh, even things that don't seem to have a legal component on the forefront. Um, once they do, you, you're sort of brought in and then, you know, just I guess by the nature of being the attorney in the room, you're sort of, you know, held accountable for everything that happens under that umbrella. Um, and on that front, I think, you know, having great professionals around you in those in those areas, be it the HR department or the director or, you know, the CFO and the financial aspect, um, have really helped to make that transition very smooth. Uh, because again, I don't have a financial background. I don't have an employment, uh, you know, background of sorts. Uh, so having people in those places uh, can really guide you as you're trying to sort of understand all the legal aspects in their own in their own sectors. Yeah, I imagine balancing the business and the commercial and the legal components of everything is even more predominant than even when you were an outside lawyer. So um, besides you know those very trusted colleagues who are helping you learn about their disciplines, are there other things that you do to, to get up to speed on things like employment law and finance and accounting? Are you, do you read? Do you listen to podcasts? What, what else do you do? Yeah, I, I think mostly it's, it's searches, um, online searches. Uh, there's different associations, um, you know, that, that have, that have uh, great uh, websites. Um, and a lot of it is, is reading and, uh, you know, a lot of law firms, private law firms, put out a lot of information. Uh, whether it's on a on a particular matter, I mean, now with obviously with 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 COVID and all those changes, it seems like you know many law firms have have sort of uh, provided a lot of information and insight on on things. And so, I, mostly it's it searches online uh, and things of that nature to, to sort of guide um, you know any any issue that I might be having in a particular area or to sort of come up to speed. Part of the issue as well for us is obviously we're in different states, and so a lot of times you know seeing things that are specific to whether it's uh, in Tennessee or Texas or Florida, uh, you know, sometimes require a little bit more um, local searches or whatnot, or maybe reaching out to some attorneys in those areas uh, and being able to have conversations with them has also been very helpful. I don't think there's a day that goes by that I don't remind myself of what it was like 20 or 30 years ago before you could just go online and say, I need to know about yeah. this subject and hope that you're <laughs> you know, getting a legitimate answer to that. One of the things I've heard about throughout my career when I've had the opportunity to interview lots of people in your position is um, sometimes it is a little challenging or at least interesting to balance the different parts of your company, whether that's a board and the C-suite or the employees and the C-suite. I mean, do you find that balancing act um, difficult or how do you manage that? I, I think it's definitely something that is, uh, you know, it, it has been something new for me as opposed to being in the private practice where a client normally comes to you 
with a specific legal issue per se and wants you to help soften that legal issue. Uh, in this case, I think when a legal issue arises or when any issue really arises that may potentially touch on a legal uh, issue, you know, you, you're brought into it. So you, you can't just look at it solely or strictly from a legal perspective, uh, which is oftentimes, you know, sort of your nature in, in, in private practice. You have to balance it with the financial, with the business um, folks and, and, and what they're trying to accomplish and see how can I, you know, from a legal standpoint, um, accomplish what they're looking to do. Uh, you know, a lot of times in, in prior practice, I feel like, you know, you, you would tell clients no a lot, right? They would want something and say, well, that we sort of can't do that. Um, here, I'm often trying to find, see how I can get to yes, um, which, which maybe is something you could you know, possibly do in prior practice as well. But I think in, in the general counsel role, it really requires that, um, you know, as, any, as, as in any meeting when the lawyer's in the room, people tend, you know, to automatically think you're sort of going to just be, no, you can't do that, you can't do that. So I think in this, in this setting, I think it's, it's extremely important that you really look and see what are they trying to accomplish and how, how could we legally best accomplish that goal? Um, they obviously are, are, are businessmen. I am not. But at the same time, um, you know, try to learn from what, they, from what they're trying to do. Uh, from their experience and, uh, you know, just sort of add that legal framework to it. Yeah, I love that. I, I think it's a good lesson for the private practice lawyers that to sort of, you know, if you really can take that perspective of your client and what their tolerance for risk is and get to yes and not just no all mm -hmm. the time. Um, good lesson there. So let me ask you kind of sort of a fun question and fun for a, a legal industry geek like me. Um, tell us a little story about your job so that we can get an idea of a day in the life as the Beatles song used to say. And, <laughs> and actually, I'd be interested for you to throw in there what it's like working from home with two kids or maybe you've had another oh, one by now, but yeah. at least two kids. No, 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 two, <laughs> two's yeah. enough. Um, so yes, yeah, so, so working from home, obviously, with, with everything going on, um, has been a little bit different. I, I, I was working from home prior to all this occurring um, because the company is based in Tennessee, but obviously now with the kids at home and everything like that, it has been a little bit more of a challenge. Um, a day in the life is, you know, it, it's interesting. It's sort of like the way that the, the title, you know, the general counsel, I mean, it's like anything else. You start out your day thinking these are the things I want to tackle. And then HR calls you and then, you know, finance calls you and then, and before you know it, you're sort of, you know, have, have gone one way or another, um, which is, to be honest with you, it's, it's sort of what I like about it. Um, it. It's not the same thing day in, day out. It's not dealing with the same issues day in, day out. So there is that sort of um, variety to it, which, which I do like. Um, so on a given day, I mean, it could be dealing with, you know, some HR issue with someone at a hotel, have, whether it's a guest issue or whether it's an employee issue. Uh, we could be trying to refinance uh, a bank and CFO's calling you for certain documents that you need to review. Um, could be involved in a litigation or have some, you know, issue that you're either helping outside counsel do some of the legwork or, or, or sort of helping with the strategy of that. Um, you know, we have obviously contractual issues all the time when it comes to whether it's with our construction company or management issues. So it's just, it's hard to predict what a day actually is going to be like. Uh, it starts out pretty, pretty normal, pretty simple. And then all of a sudden can, the wheels can come off quite quickly. It's funny. And our listeners won't know this, but I feel like it was funny enough to mention it that as you're answering that question, you got interrupted by your doorbell ringing and you had to pause <laughs> for a minute. So right. I, I get right. it. I think I'll, every, it, I think if anything, people will now have more 
empathy, hopefully, for each other in their working from home scenarios. Yeah, really. You said something that made me think, uh, wonder about a question. Have you had to go to virtual court while you've been while the pandemic's been going on? I've had to do. We're going to go to a, a virtual mediation in August, and I had to do a virtual public hearing <laughs> for that's interesting for for an alcohol license yeah permit in uh, in, in in Texas. Um, so yeah, it, it was sort of strange. You know, you're you're on Zoom and you're you're hitting to ask a question or to answer something. I mean, it's just sort of bizarre. Um, but yeah, I, I think that is that is starting up. Yeah. It'd be curious to see if it sticks once we go back to whatever we go back to at some point, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Who knows what that's going to look like. It is. I mean, the mediation, I'll, I'll let you know how that goes in August. Uh, yeah, but really. uh, as far as the public hearing, it was sort of surreal just seeing, you know, the five or six people there wearing masks, you know, sitting apart from each other. This was back in May. Um, so, uh, you know, it's just, so we'll see. See if hopefully it all goes back soon. Well, so in your um, in your industry, particularly, I mean, what what concerns do you have about the impact of the pandemic on your company and your operations? I mean, are there specific risks you're monitoring? I would imagine there's a lot in the hospitality industry. Yeah, so there's all kinds of things. I mean, obviously, from the financial standpoint, or even just from a personal standpoint, I mean, when you think of of, of travel right now, it's obviously something that's in, incredibly limited. So any so any industry I think that's a that's tied to it like that is is going to be affected. Um, also, from the standpoint of 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 stopping the the spread of it, right? Um, you know, you you're at a hotel, you have a, a situation where you have a lot of people coming from different places, uh, potentially you know areas of large gatherings, um, and then you know leaving and going back, and then new people coming in. So it it unfortunately could create a situation. Um, for the spread. So obviously we've taken you know, extreme precautions um, as much as possible, you know, to, uh, with our employees as well as with guests, um, you know, from testing them to extra clean protocols per, per the CDC uh, recommendations, um, just all kinds of things that, uh, you know, I mean, no one's really an expert in this, right? So everybody's sort of just uh, trying to do what they believe is best and what the CDC puts out there and whatever governments are, are, are telling you is, you know, are the best practices. But um, it has been challenging, um, not not solely from a financial standpoint, um, because obviously you, you have all this, you have a decrease in uh, in occupancy, but you have all these other things now that you have to sort of do. You have to you know, the extra cleaning. I mean, you can't sort of uh, just you know cut cleaning staff at, at, at a time when when you need more and more um, you know uh, surfaces being cleaned on a more regular basis and all these things. So so it's been challenging on that front. Um, and also, you know, I think I think looking forward, one of the one of the challenges is not really knowing when this is going to sort of normalize. Um, I, you know, I I sort of struggle with it even on a personal level. You know, when when am I going to you know pack the kids up, go to the airport, take a flight, and stay a week somewhere? Mm-hmm. You know, is it going to be you know a year from now? Is it going to be a few months from now? I mean, I don't I don't know. And so that uncertainty is obviously uh, difficult. Um, you know, and 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 obviously, you know, when you have projects that are that are in progress, um, you know, the folks are still providing you a service. They're still building the, you know, those projects for you. You still mm-hmm. got to sort of, you know, abide by those commitments. So again, it's 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 been it's been pretty difficult to navigate. Um, but you know, so far, I think we're doing pretty well. I'm going to ask you 
this two sides of the same question. I'll give them both to you at once so that you can, uh, you can combine your answer if you want. But it's all about advice for other private practice lawyers who might be thinking about making the transition to an in-house counsel role. What would you, um, what, you know, what would you um, recommend that they think about or your best advice on that? And what would you, are there things that you did that you would tell others not to do or you know, advice on, on the flip side of that? Yeah, it's, it, it's hard, I guess, because since I told you how I sort of got here, which was sort of a, a you know, I'd say I sort of fell into it, but it, it, it sort of happened that way. Um, I didn't necessarily, you know, chart out a course or say, okay, I, I want to be a general counsel. Let me see how I get there. Um, but I do think that, that one of the things I've learned from, from, from being here is that, you know, so, sometimes as attorneys, I think, and, and I was definitely this way, we, we really put ourselves in this sort of box and say, look, I'm just a legal advisor. This is all I do. This is what I'm, I've been asked to do. Um, and, and some folks are really comfortable with that. I was largely comfortable with that. <laughs> um, th this job is not that, right? So I, so I think if you're, if you're looking to, to move from private practice to the general counsel um, area, I think you have to have the understanding that it's going to require a different mindset than what many times, you know, as lawyers were sort of, trained to be in. So you have to be okay and sort of comfortable with that. I, I think it also, um, and something that I hadn't really necessarily thought about, but it, I think it also puts you uh, in, in a lot of, uh, say, difficult conversations, but, but definitely more than in private practice that I had experienced with your client, right? Mm -hmm. Which is your, you know, whether it's the board or the CEO or whatnot, um, simply because, again, you're trying to have that balancing act, right? You have to understand their goals and seeing, okay, how can we together accomplish it? Uh, and I'm very fortunate that, you know, obviously the leadership in, in, in our company, you know, has been doing this for a long time. So they, they do have a very good understanding, but I could see how in certain situations, if you don't have that, it would be a very uh, difficult and frustrating situation. Um, because again, you know, you're now balancing more than one, than one act. Right. Um, so I, I think as you're, looking to make the transition, I, I think a lot of it is, is sort of to look into yourself and see, is this the kind of um, activity or, or is this the kind of interaction that I want to have? Do I want to be involved outside of just being, you know, the legal base of the company, you know, uh, because even if that's what, where you're put into, trust me, <laughs> it's just a matter of time before you are wearing uh, many hats in many different ways. Uh, most of which you would never have dealt with before, you know, in private practice. So, um, so that's what I would say. So last question, um, we've talked about in-house versus outside counsel roles. Don't want to call it outhouse roles, as I've heard some people do, <laughs> um, and people that might want to make the transition. But what about people that are staying and happy to stay in a, in a private practice role? With you now being the client, is there any advice or uh, information or thoughts about those folks and what they can do to better serve their clients? Yeah, so I, I've actually been very fortunate. I've worked with probably 10 or 15 different outside councils at this point, and I've really had a great experience with all of them. And I think as a general counsel, one of the things you look for in, in those outside counsel and those private attorneys is obviously, you know, they are experts in, in areas that, that you don't have that expertise, although you are, um, you know, have to have a certain knowledge, but you don't, you're not an expert. Um, and, and I think you also become uh, the liaison between the, the private attorney and, and your, and, you know, your CEO or your board or whatnot. So I think one of the things I look for from them is obviously, and I have very frank discussions with them, which I love um, because, you know, you're, you're speaking lawyer to lawyer, uh, even, even if you're the client, 
per se, but they know that obviously it's a little bit different than when they speak to their regular clients who may not be attorneys. They can sort of, you know, tell you things in certain ways and, you know, so that you can then translate that message over to yeah. your, to your boss. Um, and, it, and it saves them from having to do it. Right. So oftentimes, you know, whether it's litigation or, or any kind of negotiation, you know, I, I feel that I, I get a lot of honesty from my outside counsel, which I absolutely love, um, you know, on chances of victory and why and why not and pitfalls and, and all that stuff. And so I feel like I get a deeper dive than if they were just talking to their client and felt, well, look, the client's trusting me to do this. So let me just go ahead and do it. Uh, I feel that, you know, one of the benefits uh, that I that I really enjoy uh, of getting as general counsel is that I get that insight from from the outside counsel. So I think any advice would be, you know, which I'm sure they do, because I, I assume it helps, right, to have an attorney on the inside sort of um, to, to, to carry your message is that, you know, when, when they do give you certain insights um, and they're honest with you and frank about whether it's the chances of, of succeeding or whatever it may be, I, I think it just makes it so much smoother. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. So I lied. I have one more question because I have the benefit of Go seeing behind you into your office and I see that yeah. you're a baseball fan. <laughs> yeah. Are you yeah. optimistic or pessimistic about the chances that we're actually going to have the season that just started given that our hometown team had such a large influx of positive COVID-19 tests yesterday? Yeah, it's tough. You know, I mean, uh, I'm, 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 as you can see, I'm a, I'm a baseball fan, I'm a sports fan in general, but yeah, baseball definitely. I grew up playing it and I think, you know, when, when you see um, you know, so many of the things that are, that are commonplace in baseball, you know, in sports in general, you know, between the high fives and the hugging and the, you know, just in general, it's so difficult to keep uh, ball players sort of separate in a way and not sharing with each other. I mean, it's just, it's part of it. So um, I hope we'll have that season, but, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, I'm also a big college football fan. I'm getting nervous. About, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> about the season coming up. So uh, it's just going to be nice to get some normalcy to things. And uh, for me, sports is definitely a way to do that. We'll Great. See. Well, thank you so much. We've been speaking with Pedro Villa and uh, we appreciate you joining us on the Terralex Insights podcast. Thanks. Well, my pleasure. Thank you. <laughs>